is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, London is Blue podcast. All right, welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. I, of course, am Nick, uh, joined here for a Matt Law special by the man himself. Matt Law, what's going on? It is Matt Law from Matt Law Special, isn't it? And not someone else. It wouldn't be very special. Um, I, good, good. Long time no speak, actually. It's uh, it's not usually us two when it's just the two of us, is it? That's right. Well, well Brandon uh, had a work conflict, so uh, so we get we get me, which is totally acceptable. Um, yeah. But there's, there's a lot going on, Matt. We have a huge amount to get into. I, first and foremost, though, we do want to express our condolences to the Hollins family of a few hours before we jumped on. Uh, it was announced that John Hollins, who was famously a part of the, uh, the FA cup winning side, uh, in 1970 died at the age of 76. Uh, he played 592 matches for Chelsea scored 64 goals, uh, was known as leather lunged, uh, via the club statement and uh i don't know matt if you if you had a chance to run into john he's always seemed to be kind of around as an ambassador of chelsea but uh any thoughts on on john yeah I've, I've spoken to him a couple of times in terms of just work things i've done um most recent would have been a couple of years ago now i think uh lovely guy very polite very approachable um really nice guy I, i'm too young to have sort of seen him play but i uh, you've just gone through. I mean, he's a, he's a true club legend. Um, I think as well, it, it seems timely to mention as well. He was part of a Chelsea team that went for the treble, wasn't it? They went for a treble. I think he got into three cup finals and they won one of them, which is obviously timely with with a lot of treble chat lately. And of course, managed the club too. Um, yeah, very very sad. His his son Chris is very famous in in this country as well. He's a television presenter. Um, he's put out a nice message. So yeah. Um, even for people like me who didn't see him play, you know enough about him. He's a, a true legend. And interesting was kind of part of a youth revolution back in the in the mid '60s at Chelsea, and uh, I think came through when he was 15, uh, and and went on with uh, so many of of the greats of of that era to to do some amazing things. So rest in peace, uh, John Hollins. Terrible news to wake up to this morning, and. There's really no way to pivot off of that, Matt, except no. to to kind of get into to the meat of of what we have in this episode, which is a little discussion around Poch, although not formally in the job yet. A little bit of uh, Mason Mount contract chatter, and then of course infamous transfer news roundup this this time of year. We know what the people want, so of course, lots to do. Uh, any anything you want to? Uh, start with before we, we jump in with, with Poch? Well, I mean, we're still a couple of weeks away from his official start date. And whilst I think he has obviously been doing bits and bobs and having lots of conversations and things, there's not been too much hands-on things going on with Poch. I think he has to be careful as well in terms of when the, the club release a date he's going to start work by and other contracts have to expire and things like that. They have to be a little bit careful with how these things intertwine. But yeah, I know he's been seen around Cobham a little bit. I know someone who um, saw him in a restaurant in Cobham, so he's obviously getting used to the area a little bit. Um, as I say, I'm sure he's having discussions. I think there's been some sort of meeting at Chelsea this week. I don't know for sure whether he was involved, but it wouldn't surprise me if he was. Um, just really gearing up to that start date. They've obviously, I think a lot of work will be going into setting dates around pre-season about which players 
come back when and, and things like that. And probably also talking about the size of the touring party, I'd imagine is quite an important thing, particularly with the size of the squad and the amount of players that, that could leave. I think there's probably be some very serious discussions going on around what happens with players who the club intend to sell but might not have sold by the time the tour starts. My guess would be that Pochettino wouldn't want to take them. Um, but we saw last year a sort of very messy way that mm. what was dealt with on the tour and the club will want to avoid that as well. So I'd imagine at the moment a lot of sort of logistical planning stuff around things like that. Yeah, I've, I've kind of titled this section, It's Been Quiet, Maybe Too Quiet, or Just Quiet <laughs> Enough. Um, there, There's not been a whole lot since he stepped into the job. And I think, uh, of course, we know that it's like another two weeks before he can officially kind of turn up and start work officially we know there's pro probably some stuff happening behind the scenes uh, as as you previously mentioned D do you think that's intentional i mean you know the way that he works as a manager with his backroom staff and and with this now new group of of leaders within the club is is it just kind of like let's let's calm things down a little bit here let's get our bearings before stuff really kicks off i think that's been clear ever since they I mean, we know it was the worst kept secret in football before they announced it, that he'd already agreed to take the job and um, that he was he was just parked, really. And that was as much his decision. I think he really wants to take a good look at things and make things sure things are on a, the best position they can be before he actually takes it on himself. But there's, there's just a lot of logistical stuff to sort out. I mean, there's, the co there's still issues with the coaching staff. You know, we still don't know what's going to happen with Bruno Salter. It's not been sorted out yet. Um, ben Roberts. I mean, at the moment, you've got a scenario whereby, unless we hear anything, on the first day of pre-season training, there could be four goalkeeper coaches because Hilario is still at the club, although I think he's more of an office job on the goalkeepers rather than a training ground job. You've got Pochettino's guy, Tony Jimenez. Ben Roberts is still, as far as I know, at the club. And... The guy who was promoted, I think, from the under-21s or the academy who was working off, whose apologies, I name, I forget. Um, but if there would be four goalkeeper coaches. As I say, we don't know what's happened with Bruno Salto yet. I, I, I think he's still contracted to the club. Again, is he going to have to work as part of Pochettino's staff or will we find out on July the 1st that an agreement has been made there for him to go? It doesn't look like Graham Potter's going to get a job before the start of the season. So... If there was a thought in Chelsea's mind that the easy thing will be just to let these guys sort of work until Graham Potter finds a job because he will take them, I don't think that's going to present itself. I don't get the sense Potter's going to get a job this summer. Therefore, they have to make the decision on that. Kyle McCauley, of course, as well, who was um, Potter's own personal sort of transfer data analyst type guy, he's still at the club. So there's, there's a lot... There's still a lot to sort out, and there's still there's still mess, quite frankly. Well, when when Potter was sacked, obviously we know this Salzburg took over for a match, and then was kind of behind the scenes to the end of the season. But wouldn't the uh, implicit idea of sacking Potter mean that you sack his staff as well? And why, why would that be lingering in mid June? Well, they didn't. So I mean, the, the fact of the matter is they haven't sacked his staff. I mean, that, that they haven't made any announcements. They haven't confirmed any futures. Kyle McCauley, Ben Roberts and Bruno Salsar, as far as has been publicly announced or publicly put across, uh, are still contracted to the club. 
um, unless they want to sack them and pay them up, which they haven't done. I think probably the thought was, was that it was quite close to the end of the season, so those guys could kind of stay. I think probably there was an assumption that Potter might get another job this summer, and that would make it a very easy clean break because whoever Potter went to, the club would come in and actually Chelsea would then get some compensation. But with Potter not likely to come back into work this summer, um, it leaves a little bit of residue mess, which needs to be cleared up because we need to, you know, we need to know whether these guys are still going to be working at Chelsea, in which case the staff is swollen and messy, or or will they actually be paid up and, and come July 1st, they won't be part of that stuff. Yeah, well, and, and Potch seems, based on your previous comments about him and his staff, like they have a pretty tight-knit group. At, I don't think it would make sense for them to accept additional coaches so i mean how it doesn't make any sense at all then right completely agree but it's not sorted out i'm just trying to give you a sense of the fact that there's still things to sort out and i'd imagine as we count down about two weeks out from the july first start date i'd imagine there's quite a lot of conversations going on in the background there someone has suggested to me that bruno soltar is actually quite well known to some of pochettino's staff already there's some sort of link so I don't know whether he could come into it, but yeah, these are these are the things they need. All this they need all this clear on July the first. We do not want a situation where Pochettino walks in on July the first, and we don't know whether this is clear, because it was farcical at the end of last season that Chelsea couldn't even confirm the fact that Frank Lampard had Chris Jones, Ashley Cole, and Joe Edwards working with him because there was obviously some legality problem around the fact that his staff had come in and not all the other staff had gone. That was farcical. We can't have that situation. It needs to be clean on July the 1st. Back over to Poch. What do you imagine he is, quote-unquote, doing or not doing, wink, right now um, in, in preparation <laughs> to, to start? I mean, it, it kind of seems like a bit of an inside joke, right, that, of course, he can't start until July 1st, but... Just imagine all the work that's being done behind the scenes. Do you, do you imagine that there's quite a bit of conversations and stuff happening in preparation? Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything for fact. Uh, and if I did, I'd have to be careful what I say because there's obviously contractual issues around Pochettino. But let's, in an imaginary world, let's just say that he was probably talked to about Manuel Agarte, who Chelsea went for and ended up pulling out of. Uh, in an imaginary world, he'll be part of a recruitment meeting that may or may not have happened this week um an off-site if you will just a exactly he's yeah. a, he's he's allowed to you know there's there's no law against him having conversations with people and meeting people and having coffees with people um and talking about ideas and things like that and it will all be to do with that i'm sure there's a lot of uh well I'm, in, again, in an imaginary world, I'm sure there's a lot of talk about just stuff as well, like how he wants the training ground set up, how he sees training sessions going time and things like that. I mean, quite a lot of boring logistical stuff, quite frankly. Um, but like I say, I, I know that he's been cited around Cobham a bit, so I, I, I get the feeling he is getting used to his surroundings and most people who, who go to Cobham quite enjoy it, shall we say. It's quite a nice way of life around there. So, uh, And it's lovely weather. It's been lovely weather here, actually. So... It's a nice place to have a coffee outside, so I'm sure he's been doing a lot of that. He's, he's, he's done as well. I'm sure you guys are aware of it. He's, he's just managed for Soccer Aid too, yep. actually. So in, in actual fact, the last week or so before this week, he probably didn't do an awful lot Chelsea-wise because he was committed to that 
that soccer aid. And there's pretty much a week's worth of sort of on-site work at that soccer aid um, event. So last week will have been spent doing that. I think sort of bookended before that. And now from here, he's he's got a little bit more time on his hands. I'd imagine as well he'll pop back to his place in Barcelona as well before he he then commits to coming over here full time again. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break before we jump into contract chatter and transfer news roundup. So thank you to the sponsors for supporting the show. And we'll be right back. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. That means if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. And if you're anything like me, you break sunglasses a lot, so this is helpful. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence. They have your back long after you make your purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. From building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Shady Rays Memorial Day sale is live right now. Go to ShadyRays.com and get 35% off all sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. That's right. Go to ShadyRays.com. Bird dogs make you look good. That's right, bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restrictive cotton. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So look, I've got a pair. Dan's got a pair. Nick's got a pair. We actually love them. But not only do you get bird dogs right now, if you buy, you get a free Tumblr. That's right. You get a free Yeti Tumblr. All you have to do is go to birddogs.com forward slash pool, P-O-O-L. Enter the promo code P-O-O-L for a free Yeti style Tumblr with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style Tumblr. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Uh, you guys already know this, uh, but of course we are going on tour this summer. Uh, we will be doing live shows in Raleigh on the seven or on the 18th of July in Philly on the 21st of July, in Atlanta on the 25th of July, and DC on the 29th of July. Eventbrites are coming your way. We've uh, had some really good luck working with the local chapters on everything to do with those live shows. Um, and so looking forward to seeing folks there. We will send that information out shortly. All right, Matt, we are, we're on the, uh, on the contract chatter here. And of course, Mason Mount's been a subject of debate for more than a year now in terms of his contract. And yeah. it doesn't feel like there's been a whole lot of news lately. So is that news in and of itself? Yeah. At the moment, I don't think he's going to sign one. I've got to be honest. Um, I'm always reluctant to, I, I don't like to say, so. Uh, well, I say never say never. I don't like to ever shut the door because I've been caught out on that before. But the the signs 
the last few weeks I'm sort of building up a that it's it's very unlikely he's going to sign one I think um it feels like too much water's passed under the bridge it feels like he doesn't really it feels like there's not a sense for me the side that there there's going to be a position where they can meet in the middle and, and satisfy one another I know man I've just actually very shortly before coming on this show put out a story I know for sure that man united do not think he's going to sign one because they've got currently about a 20 million pound gap between what they want to pay for Mount and what Chelsea want. Chelsea wants 70. Um, United are prepared to pay about 50 at the moment. But I think they're quite confident that if they wait, the valuation will have to drop because I, they believe that there's there's no sort of fear that within that moment, window of time, that, that Mount's going to suddenly sign a, a new Chelsea contract. Um, you know, we've, we've talked to folks before and he does have the one year left on his deal. Of course, um, you know, Chelsea have seemingly briefed everyone in the press that, you know, he's worth, uh, 70 million pounds. And that's kind of the, the kind of going rate for someone like Mason Mount, uh, saw a tweet yesterday though, that I thought was interesting. If, if you value an asset at 70 million pounds, how do you not value them at the 200 and whatever plus i would I'd fully agree if, if you're going to say that someone's worth 70 million pounds then a 70 million pound player in england would normally earn two hundred thousand pounds a week upwards yeah um and so I, I i didn't see that tweet but whoever wrote that tweet it's an extremely good point um it's not i've, I've said this the whole way through and i i promise i believe this i I really do believe this, that it's not just money related. I mean, obviously, the season hasn't been great. I think the negotiations have been complicated. They started off with the owners trying to negotiate it. It then fell on to co-sporting director Paul Winstanley. So I think it's it's moved from a situation where negotiations were at one stage. They then went back all the way back to the start because a co-sporting director took it over. I'm not necessarily blaming anybody for that, um, but it has been from both sides, I think, quite messy. And I think that's contributed to it. Obviously, Mount's playing time, partly due to injury, but not all ways to do with injury wasn't great last season. I just think that it, it's got to a, a, a very bad place, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't see it getting resolved. I, I really think it's either Chelsea will have to drop the valuation to closer to what United are willing to pay and sell him, or he will end up seeing that contract out as we stand. Um, but yeah, I, I, that is a great point that whoever made that about the, the valuation on him. Um, I, I would also say as well, the one thing I can't quite get my head around is they made him an offer in February of a one-year extension um, to try and sort of kick the can down the road. I don't know why they did that. I mean, that can't have done any good because no player or agent in their right mind are going to sign a one-year extension at that stage and, and let the club regain all the power. And I don't know this, but I would feel that that actually, the intention may have been good with that offer, but I think probably the spirit of it wasn't massively appreciated. That's a guess for me because it, it looks to me like a club just trying to grab power back, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, it seems very odd that there would have been negotiations by passing those negotiations off to someone else that they would have been completely upended um, 
and I don't know if that is the same vibe that you're hearing in the press, but it doesn't make any sense if there was something in progress already. There was some, there's, there, were, there were definitely, he'd already, I think there'd been an offer already rejected. I think they were back in negotiations with various points being discussed. And look, my information, and it may be that the club end up disputing this, but my information is, is that then once it got handed over uh, to one of the co-sporting directors, the negotiations pretty much started from scratch again. Um, and I don't know why that would be either, quite frankly. I'm not privy to what, why that would be. But look, every, both sides will have their versions. The fact of the matter is, is that they're nowhere near each other at the moment. And there's absolutely no sign they're going to get anywhere near each other. Manchester United don't think they're going to get near each other, which is quite an important point. And Chelsea are going to be faced... I mean, the transfer window is actually only open today in England June the 14th, officially. But it's increasingly likely that in the next few weeks, Chelsea are going to be faced with a massive decision over whether to drop the asking price to sell and take money or to accept that he will he will go into the final year of his contract and probably run, and most likely run it down. Um, Real False 9, at Real False 9, Andy said the... Uh the 80 million pound asset through uh, 250,000 uh, pounds a week uh, scenario for me. So thank you for that. Um, on to Levi Colwell. I mean, been talk about him rejoining the squad. You were pretty adamant the last time that you were on that he is going to be a part of the Chelsea squad next year. Um, is there any update with his contract and, and where Chelsea see him as, as a part of the squad next year? Well, look, I'm adamant on him because Chelsea are adamant. I mean, I can only reflect what Chelsea's saying. Chelsea are absolutely adamant that Levi Colwell will go nowhere. So um, if he does end up going somewhere, that's on them for briefing the wrong thing. But they are heavily, heavily saying that he is he is staying and he will be part of the squad. I believe that, to be honest with you. I think Pochettino wants to work with him. Um, if you remember, there was a point last season while he was still on loan at Brighton where they, they brought him back and he was in the owner's box. Um, that was when I got first wind of the fact that there was every likelihood that this summer they would try and extend his contract and reward him and up his wages for, for what he's done at Brighton. That's still the intention. Colville is, um, well, he's currently training with the England senior squad, but he's today being named in the England under-21 squad for the under-21 tournament. That starts around the 22nd of June. Um, the camp are together now for that. So they're not going to agree a new contract imminently because he's just not around and his focus won't, will, will purely be with England. So I don't think we're going to hear anything imminently on that, but certainly the, the club intention is A, to keep him and B, to reward him and extend the contract. Are the vibes from his camp still trending in that direction too? Maybe I'm a little gun after Mason. <laughs> Uh, well, I think the problem with, I think the, the, I think the understandable thing with his camp is probably they, they appreciate and they take for what Chelsea are saying to them at, at face value. Uh, but the proof will be in the pudding for them. I would be a little bit surprised if they jumped into signing a new contract before seeing quite where his place was in the squad come the start of the season or even in pre-season in terms of is he starting games, is he first sub on the, you know. I want to see talk, you know, everyone said, you know, said talk is cheap. I want to see that the actions back at the talk in terms of where, how Colville is seen within the squad. So I'd imagine they're a little bit kind of wary of, of jumping into anything. Um, they'll they'll probably need to see 
need to see what happens once the actual season starts and squads get picked, whether that be pre-season or whether it be the start of the, the full season. All right. Well, those are the two. I, I, kind of a tertiary option here. Ian Motson, uh, lots of discussion around him. Had a great loan last year at Burnley. Burnley back in the Premier League this year, obviously. Um, are there any notes from Chelsea coming out about whether Ian Motson's a part of the future squad? I've got to be honest. I haven't. I haven't checked on him. I've. I have. I haven't actually put in calls on that. I think I've. I've read somewhere that there, there might be a chance that he would be allowed to leave for the right fee. Um, they obviously have uh, the, the slight issue in that whole position is they have a lot of players there, not all of whom can be in the first team squad. You know, I think we probably have to assume it's unlikely someone's going to come and make an offer that tempts them to sell Cucurella after one year. So you've got Chile, Cucurella, Lewis Hall, who was one of the very, very few positives of, of the season just gone. And uh, and obviously Ian Matson and there's no way a squad can carry four left backs. So they're going to have some decisions to make on either loans or sales, probably between uh, Lewis Hall and Ian Matson as well, because I just don't see someone coming in and making them an offer that would be worthwhile on Cucurella. Well, we will get into all the transfer outgoings uh, in our next segment. Um, but yeah, definitely excited to to hear more about the plethora of options that Chelsea have on, on all of that. So thank you to the sponsors for supporting the show. And of course, we'll be right back. Are you missing out on your favorite shows because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce you to NordVPN. If you're bored of the US Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the UK? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you with 5,000 plus servers. No show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue. You can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan with one month free. We all love to binge, but privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk to you with their 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue a refund, and you can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check it out. My link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue to get your subscription started today. All right, Matt, to the to the part of the pod that people are waiting for, uh, transfer news roundup. Uh, there's my list is long, uh, so let's let's dive in. Uh, we know uh, Joao Felix and Zakari are back to um, Atletico and, and Juve. We know that Dujan Sterling has, has signed for Rangers already. Those are the the done deals as it has been officially announced so far. Um, but we know that there's a lot in the works this summer. It's going to be a big summer, as you've reported. Um, you know, maybe up to eight players going out, which is an insane amount of, of players. But when you look at the squad, it's probably about right. Um, well, you remember there's already two coming in as well. I mean, you, you think the two lone boys have gone, but the squad actually hasn't lost any numbers because Gusto and, and Kunku come in. So we're true. still at the same number. So we, we have some we have some work to do on that front. And I think the first one that I'll touch on is, you know, the worst kept secret in the squad is that Kovacic and City are uh, seems like they're trending towards a transfer. Any notes on on that being done anytime soon? Um, 
I wouldn't have thought any time immediately because again uh, Croatia I'm pretty sure they're in the Nations League finals we're in this funny period in in the moment where everyone's away with their international teams which probably means nothing imminently uh, also City season have just finished so there'll be a, I'd imagine there'll be a week or two of holiday at their end but certainly that's that's along the line I think he's agreed personal terms there's been meetings I reported the, the interest some months ago now um, it feels like Pep thinks he is the perfect man to come and take a squad place with the possibility of either Gundogan or Bernardo or both leaving. And certainly when it became clear uh, to those kind of in the game, probably before it was made public in the likes of us knew um, that Bellingham was going to Real Madrid, uh, City kind of quickly pivoted towards Kovacic. Um, Guardiola tried to sign him for City when in the same summer Chelsea actually signed him on loan. Guardiola's always been a fan. I think he sort of hugged him on the pitch this last season that's just gone. Uh, so, yeah, that that looks like it's going to be done. Even Kovacic has spoken publicly and, and reiterated the fact it looks like he's leaving. I don't think a contract offer has been made to him. He's in the final year of his contract. So it's just going to be a price on that. There'll be a haggle because I think Chelsea would ideally like 30 to 35. I suspect City will haggle a bit on that. But that's, that is definitely trending towards a deal being done. I think there's a willingness on both sides to get that done. One that you wrote about the other day as it pertains to Arsenal, but we've heard a lot about uh, Real Madrid as well and, and kind of the rumor mill is Kai Havertz. And yeah. this is a player that you know I think has gone through ups and downs at Chelsea. Um, what, what are your kind of sources telling you on Kai Havertz? Because it would be a big one if, if he were to, to go this summer. Yeah, I think... There's a, a similar dilemma to Mount, albeit not quite so pressing. Um, he's got two years on his contract. There's no sign he's going to sign a new contract. I think he is interested to see what's out there for him. Um, I think he thinks that this summer is possibly a summer where there's interest uh, that might not be around next summer. Um, and from Chelsea's perspective, it's probably the last summer they can really expect to get significant money for Kai or try to get significant money for Kai because once he gets to a year if he doesn't have a brilliant season next season I think it'll then become difficult Real Madrid are definitely interested Arsenal are interested but only at a certain level if the price were to drop significantly I think Arsenal would step up their interest a lot there's a third unnamed club I don't know um, Chelsea value Havertz at around 70 million there's no way anyone's paying close to that. I can tell you that now. So, again, a bit similar to Mason Mount. Chelsea are going to have to decide whether they let him go into the final sort of year of his contract and, and get to Mount now, or whether they stick to their guns with this kind of unofficial rule they, they implemented on themselves around January time by saying anyone with two years left on, or less on their deal they either resign or, or we try to sell. Um, so yeah, it'll be an interesting summer with Kai. I think he's he's quite interested in some of the interest around him as well, shall we say? Makes sense. Uh, one interesting development since we last talked is that uh, it's clear the PIF are are in for uh, sports across the world now and have made uh, boosting these Saudi leagues profile a uh, a top priority. Uh, after taking over golf. Um, so uh, lots of rumors here. Obviously, N'Golo Conte 
Hakim Ziyech, Romelu Lukaku, Kalidou Koulibaly, potentially Aubameyang as well. Are you hearing anything about those five targets to the Saudi league? Yeah, so N'Golo Kante, he was so close to re-signing in March. I mean, it was virtually verbally agreed. Um, there was almost just kind of eyes to dot and, and T's to cross and a, a little bit of legal wrangling. Um, but then it stalled. It, it didn't actually get signed when the expectation was it was going to. He picks up another injury. The talks didn't pick back up. And, and then he's had this just massive offer from Saudi Arabia. Um, and as things stand today, the club expects him to go to Saudi Arabia. It, he's going to Saudi Arabia unless there's a very last minute hitch. Uh, sad in a way, but also kind of with that, la- that last injury at the end of the season kind of made me think it's just not going to happen. They can't give him a two or three year contract. They just can't possibly given the way his, his body keeps breaking down. So the, the timing is, is probably right for everybody, but, but Kante is going to go and losing Kante and Kovacic in the same summer is is not ideal at all, shall we say. One one kind of fine in terms of a squad revolution, but both at the same time, having already sold, sold Jorginho, which I thought was the right thing at the time, but it's quite incredible that within six months we, we could have Jorginho, Kante and Kovacic all out the door. Yeah, it's, it's wild. What about Hakim Ziyech? Ziyech, I'm told, has an offer from Saudi Arabia. Um, what I don't quite understand on Ziyech, Lukaku had an offer from Saudi Arabia, but he's not particularly interested in going there. He he just wants to go to Inter Milan, I'm told. But with that kind of player with Ziyech, Chelsea would want a fee for Ziyech. So far, the Saudi clubs haven't been paying fees. They've been picking up players on free transfers and and putting the money into the wages and the signing on fees, Chelsea would definitely want a fee on Ziyech to sell it to, to get rid of him permanently. Obviously, same with Lukaku. So I'm not quite sure how that works within the Saudi plan, whether they're players they would pay a fee for or whether we'll find that actually they're only interested if it's free transfer, in which case I'm not sure Chelsea would be jumping to do that. But the, the Saudi interest in, in Ziyech is, is legit. Uh Lukaku had an offer, which I'm told he he told them at this stage he, he wasn't interested in because I think he's concentrated on on trying to get back to Inter Milan next season. Um, another player between the Saudi Arabian League and the Inter Milan uh, transfer love triangle is Khalidou Koulibaly. Any updates on on his status and whether Chelsea are trying to potentially shift him and Lukaku for you know a goalkeeper? Uh, that we'll speak about in a minute. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be... Inter Milan had a recruitment meeting yesterday where they decided they would try and re-sign Lukaku, which I think is probably good news for Chelsea, although Chelsea were willing to take him back. I think the problem there, though, is that Lukaku would rather stay in uh, Inter Milan. Um, so, and that they want to sign Kaladu Kulabali if possible. So I, I suspect there'll be talks later this week, early next week, uh, between Inter and Chelsea about what kind of offers can be made. And the guy you're going to come on to, I'm sure, is Andre Nana. And it would be staggering if his name uh, wasn't brought into all this and whether swap deals so often don't happen, but you still get separate deals between clubs that basically all right. link up and, and join the dots. Um, so it'd be staggering if his name didn't come up into it. 
if Chelsea could get Lukaku back to Inter and have all of Koulibaly's wages paid by Inter and somehow end up with Anana, that would strike me to be quite a pleasing deal. Whether that's realistic, I don't know. I know that the initial valuation that Inter put on Anana was £50 million, 60, about €60 million, Euros, which Chelsea, I don't think, wanted to pay. But it feels like something to be done there with all the all sort of interest that's bumping into each other between those two clubs. And they have a, they have a, I mean, Chelsea actually don't have great relationships with loads of clubs at the moment, um, but they genuinely do have a good relationship with Inter Milan, I think. Uh, there are a ton of other players here. I'll just rattle off a few <laughs> names and see if any other uh, player sticks before we get into the, uh, the incomings. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Christian Pulisic, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Asby, Trev, Mendy, Anyone that, that strikes your fancy there? I just um, just quickly on Loftus Cheek. It's a slightly unfortunate situation has developed with Loftus Cheek in that the transfer to AC Milan, which I'm told is going to be about fifteen million euro, uh, fifteen million pounds, so about twenty million euros, uh, was getting very very cl- close to completion. Talks were going very very well. Ruben was very keen on the move. Chelsea were very keen to do it. Uh, and unfortunately, AC Milan sacked Maldini and Massara, sort of stalled everything. Um, so there's got to be some new talks there. I hope for Ruben's sake, it can get picked up because I think he was quite excited about going out there, obviously, with Fick um, and, and starting the fresh out there. AC Milan had wanted him for a long time. I think I wrote about it back last season that they'd actually checked on him last summer. Um but clearly with Maldini and Massara going, they need to have internal talks themselves about recruitment. So that is a shame, but hopefully it resumes. Um, any notes on any of the others uh, from Pulisic, Dasby, Trev? Not major updates. I think I think there's been bits and bobs out there. All of them are available. I think there's been some Italian interest in Chalabar. Uh, yeah. It, and there's... Again, a lot of these players are going to come up in discussions when Chelsea go and talk about other players as well. Pulisic has been linked with Juventus. Chelsea have been linked with Vlajevic, which we might come on to. So many moving parts. I mean, it's a good job they have got about a million, 50 million recruitment staff at Chelsea because they're all going to be needed to work on various different things the way the summer's panning out. Well, let's let's talk about uh, incomings because uh, Chelsea need a striker badly. Um, there have been tons of rumors uh, added to the list as Jackson from Villarreal this morning. I think Naz reported on that. Um, Hoyland from Atalanta, Lautaro Martinez from Inter, Osimhen from Napoli, Vlavic from Juve. Any any rumors that are actually kind of moving in a good direction here, or is it just a lot of smoke? It's not a lot of smoke because, like I say, there's been a recruitment meeting this week, and I think. All of those names are 100% of interest to Chelsea. Um, they're not they're not at the top of the table at the moment, Chelsea, in terms of who they can just go and get. I think this, you know they would they would love to just go and do an Oshiman or some something very quickly. I'm sure, but that's going to be difficult because of the season they've had and the the non Champions League and because so many of the clubs, you know, Real Madrid are going to need to sign a striker. No one knows what's going to happen with Mbappe. Paris Saint-Germain, will, if Mbappe goes, will go hard on a striker. Man United want a striker. 
it makes it a very difficult market because there's so many revolving pieces and it might be that Chelsea have to wait for something to become clear somewhere else to know quite what they can realistically go for. Um, the Nicholas Jackson one worries me. Looking at his profile, he is not a profile of striker Chelsea should be considering whatsoever. He scored 13 goals last season. I think a lot of them came right at the end of the season. Season before last, he scored zero goals. He's only recently started playing as a number nine. He's a 21-year-old with a lot of potential with a £30 million release clause. I've got to be honest, if Chelsea end up signing him, it's going to take them nowhere. He is not the kind of guy they need. They would be far better putting some faith into Armando Brozier when he comes back fit than going out and doing something like that. If they're going to sign a number nine, they need a number nine with some sort of pedigree. We've seen with Chelsea time and time again, there's no guarantees. They obviously have this slight curse over the strikers they sign and they've been unfortunate with people not showing the form that they'd hoped. But that is not the kind of guy they need. We saw in January with some talented players they brought in, like Mudrich, Madueke and things. Those guys coming from what you might deem smaller clubs for that kind of money at that age are going to need a lot of time. It's not what Chelsea need in that position. It would worry me massively if they went down that route. So uh, I'd even put Hoyland. I can see why United would be looking at Hoyland from where they are. I'm not, I'm not, I think even Hoyland is, is too much of a a gamble for Chelsea. For my mind, they either need someone with a track record or they put their faith in, in Broya and see what they can do with Nkunku as well in terms of positionally until they can get someone with some pedigree. 30 million on 21-year-olds on who've scored nine goals in eight games and not a lot else is, is not the direction of travel they should be heading in. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about Onana already, but uh, due to the AC Milan news that you previously mentioned, Mike Mannion's been... Uh, a possibility, I should say, on the goalkeeper front. Any any idea which Milan club is going to blink first on their goalkeeper situation, or, or is Chelsea just going to be in it for the for the long haul this summer, trying to get one? I think there's. I just think because of the talks with Inter Milan around Lukaku and Kilabali, I think there's maybe more of a chance of an opportunity arising there at this stage. There's been some talk in France, and I don't know whether this is true, that Mannion doesn't necessarily want to join Chelsea because of the lack of Champions League, where I've heard, not through his representatives, but through the grapevine, that maybe Anana would be interested in coming to Chelsea. So that might also swing it. But I do think if they can get one of those two guys, they'll be happy. I think they're the two top goalkeeper targets if they can land one. They haven't dismissed starting the season with Kepa. Because I, we've already seen it with Manuel Agate, they're not prepared. And I don't think they can either because of FFP and everything else. They can't just go and spend whatever. So they will bring in a goalkeeper if they can on the terms they can. Or Kepa will start as number one. So there's a few options still open. But if they can do an Inano or a Manion, I think they will try very hard to. Last one on the incomings before we break. Is there anything on midfield out there right now? I mean, obviously the Ugarte thing fell apart and I haven't seen much except for Caicedo as an option, but is there anything else out there that you're hearing? I think, look, I think they're definitely trying to do Caicedo, but I think it's going to be a slow burn again because 
again, they're not... We're so used to Chelsea in the past when they go for a player like Caicedo, Chelsea are top of the list, you know. But Chelsea aren't top of the list now. You know, there's still Arsenal... I know Arsenal almost certainly going to sign Declan Rice, but Arsenal are still talking to Caicedo's people as well. Whether they can do both, I don't actually know. You've got Newcastle, who quite fancy Caicedo, who are in the Champions League and look like a project that's going places. Uh, you've potentially got other clubs in for Caicedo. So again, Chelsea might have to just bide their time a little bit to see where others are on Caicedo. But I think they are very much holding talks over Caicedo. And if they can do that one, they will attempt to do that one, albeit they might need a little bit of money in to come in at the same time to to do that transfer fee alongside a couple of other transfer fees. Well, lots going on. Uh, last note, you, you mentioned that there might be a new sponsor soon. Any insight into, into what that will look like for Chelsea? Um, look, I'm told that the, yeah, I'm told they're close to agreeing something on a new shirt sponsor. We know that three's deal uh, has run out this summer or runs out this summer. Um, there's been a lot of negotiations. I think the ants have been mentioned in the, in the public domain. I don't, I think they've got, something other than Allianz. I'm not 100% sure because I don't know. I'm not being told who the sponsor is, but I think there is something close. So watch this space on that. Uh, the other little positive thing I'd like to mention, and we might get confirmation even before the show comes out, or we might get confirmation he's not, he's actually not. But Woodridge making himself available for the under-21 tournament, I think is a positive thing. There's no... Before, as we're speaking now, there's no definite that he will get picked in it or that Ukraine will want him to play in it. But he, I'm told, has made himself available should they want him to play in it um, because he recognises that he needs game time and rhythm going into pre-season. Having, if you remember, he joined Chelsea having already not played for a couple of months and then didn't play an awful lot at Chelsea. And I think it's a positive attitude from him. I think it's good to see. Whether he does or not, we, we all see. But just the fact he's made himself open to it, I think is a positive thing. Well, why don't we wrap there, Matt? We have we have a lot to talk about this summer. We won't burn it all now. Uh, but appreciate you coming on the pod, obviously. And uh, Chelsea supporters, follow Matt's work. Uh, there's a lot of rumors and nonsense going on. Uh, we appreciate the, uh, the reporting straight from the source. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.